truth. Hi, welcome to another installment of Chatter About the Chatter. Today's guest, all the way, and we are truly international now. Dad, I'm extremely excited. All the way from Las Vegas. Yay. We have the international man of magic, mystery, and mayhem. If that's not a tagline, it needs to be a tagline moving forward. We have got Chad Chesmark all the way from Las Vegas. How are you, bud? I'm great, man. Great to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out to come and do uh, the podcast. It's chatter about the chatter. So it's about those conversations that we have uh, in our minds that we be quite com- uh, uh, self-debilitating, but it's about so much more. And the reason I wanted to reach out to you is um, I remember us doing a talk and you created a course or you were writing a book on how to crush stagefright.com. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I make a living on stages. Yeah. But I had the worst stage fright that you can imagine when I was starting out. You know, I mean, I started out young, but I, I didn't get over the stage fright until 20 years into it. You know? Really? For 20 years, you struggle with stage fright? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and then, you know, eventually over the, over the course of the years, I kept finding little things here and there that helped. You know, so that's what's yeah. in the course. It's every little tip and trick that I've ever learned to help, you know, overcome that. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, I did I did intro you as the master of magic. Ma'am. Now, quote me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you are a magician. Yes. You are a hypnotherapist. Not, yep. Hypnotist. Hypnotist. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't please. And mentalist. I think you were doing a mentalist show, but I know you do uh, live shows in Las Vegas now. Yeah, so my show in Vegas is mostly just comedy magic. It's called Comedy Magic Unhinged. Nice. Yeah, it's my favorite show to do. It's the most, you know, the most fun show. That's cool. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. But you are a triple threat with the mentalism. And the, I love the word mentalism. With, with, with such a, as we were talking before the show, with such a focus on mental health, mentalism is a great thing to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, I love the mind reading stuff too. It's just when I do like corporate, a corporate event, yeah. I'll, I'll, I pull it more into the mind reading stuff. Cause I can get that to a, to, I can tie that in more with like a company's theme for their event, you know, yeah. like a motivational type of thing. So, that, so I use that, but the show in Vegas is mostly comedy magic, sleight of hand, you know, I used to watch your show um, when we used to work together on the ships, and you were always one of my favorite magicians on the show. Uh, and I always used to. Uh, have you still got the same uh, climax at the end? Have you still got the same end, with, which is which was the card reveal into with Michael Jackson? <laughs> with Michael Jackson, yes. I I have not. I, I have a brand new ending. I took that right? out because that routine, which is was ten minutes of my show, required peop- somebody on stage, and. <laughs> When we started up the show in Vegas, uh, you weren't allowed to have anybody on stage. Right. So I rewrote my whole show, basically, to make it fit where I don't need to bring anybody on stage. I don't have to go into the audience. And, and after doing it, like, you know, about 60 times, I, had, I was doing a show at the Stratosphere or at the Strat. And I did the show about 60 times. Then I got to the point where then they said, now you can bring people on stage. And I was like, I kind of like it how it is. Like, I didn't want to go back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So how long have you been uh, up in uh, Vegas now? Oh, only about two years. 
So I moved here. I moved here just in time for the whole city to shut down because of the pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you know, I moved here because uh, I met uh, my fiance, my now my fiance, and she lived here. She's been here for about seven years, but she's in several shows in town. So I just was like, I'll move here. My best friend lives in Vegas to James Michael. I don't know if you know him. He, he does it. He's, no, I don't know. He's the redneck magician at the Strat. So when I was doing the show at the Strat, I was actually filling in for him because he was having some, uh, take, t- took a couple months off. So. <laughs> I, I, I see how you changed the conversation. <laughs> like, right. No, no. He took some time off. Absolutely. Well, he, he had to have both, not one, but both hips replaced. Wow. So it worked out. I mean, I had just moved here. And they were like, the producer of his show said, hey, we need someone to, to fill in for him. And it's big shoes to fill because he's, he's great, you know. And uh, I, I did like a test where I filled in for him just for like a night. And, and then when they did that, they were like, okay, yeah, this will work. Because James and I are similar because we wrote our shows together. Like we grew yeah. up together in magic. Yeah. So our sense of humor is real similar. So it, it, it worked perfectly. And because I did that, and then you can, then I was seen, I got, I got my own show somewhere else afterwards. So that worked out. Nice. Yeah. So uh, magic being your, your, your main uh, act, who are some of your influences for, for magician? Who well, were you, some of your people that you looked up to and, and, and have, have tried to emulate? David Copperfield for Ooh. sure. So I grew up watching his TV specials. You know, he had, he used to have a special almost every year. And when, you know, I, I wanted to be David Copperfield. I mean, I used to come out and do dead serious magic. You know, there was no comedy. It was just the, <laughs> but, I, but I realized I wasn't cool enough to be that character. You know? And uh, anyone, any more? How do you, because look, I'll, I'll, I'll name drop some magicians that I'm a massive fan of. So I'm a massive fan of Jay Sankey. Oh yeah, um, um, the art of astonishment. Paul Harris, massive fan of Paul Harris. Me too. Yeah, and Daryl actually, and I know that actually talking about uh, Daryl, the magician's magician. I love yeah. Daryl. I, I know he committed suicide uh, about a year, two years ago. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, I do a my uh, my favorite trick that I do in my whole sh- in my show is a, a big part of it I learned from Daryl. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, he was so good. Like he's yeah, he was amazing. I not a lot of have, not a lot of people I, know who he is that aren't in the only, magic community. Only in the magic community, but he was the magician's yeah. magician in the magic community. Yeah. So yeah. I used to do magic long, long, long time ago. And I remember buying the encyclopedia mm-hmm. of card slights by Daryl. Yeah. And I've still got the set. It's a phenomenal DVD set. It genuinely Oh yeah. He also um, did the encyclopedia of rope magic, which is which is the trick I'm talking about is a, is a rope routine where I learned a lot of it from him. So, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Good stuff. Um, and now I know he's Canadian, uh, but I, Jay Sankey definitely was a huge, a huge influence for me. I think when I was going through the, the magic ranks and learning things from the, the books and stuff like that, yeah. uh, but every time there was a DVD out, it was always Jay Sankey, Jay Sankey, Jay Sankey. I'm like, I got that DVD, get that DVD. Yeah, I saw him lecture. I mean, it's probably 30 years ago now. And I at the time, this was before 
you you knew people because of the internet. Yeah. Yes. So I was sitting in a in a you know the, where they have magic lectures, and I'm sitting there, and the guy next to me goes, "You ever, you ever seen this guy before?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "He's an idiot." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then when they introduced Jay Sankey, that was the guy. He went up there. <laughs> Oh, I've seen him do that. I've seen him do that. One of his DVDs sit in the audience. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely brilliant. That's funny. (laughs) That's absolutely fantastic. So your course that you do is how to overcome stage fright. So what were some of the things that you went through with your stage fright? How did that turn up for you? Well, so I've been performing since I was a kid, like six years old. Yeah. And you'd think that since you're, you grow up performing that you don't have stage fright, but so fast forward until I'm uh, in college and I used to open for like heavy metal bands, you know, at a bar. <laughs> right. And I would come out and, and it's funny because the magic I was doing at the time was horrible when I look back on it, but I, there's a trick where you have a candle and you pinch out the flame, the candle disappears, and then you have a dove, right? right? So I was doing that as my opener. And I came out on stage. I, this is a good example. I came out holding the candle and it's lit. So I was so nervous that I, my hand was shaking like this. And because it's a flame, you could see it go, you know, like this. Then I'm supposed to pinch the flame to make the candle disappear. And I, and I, I messed up and I dropped the candle, which the audience isn't supposed to see the candle, you know, once it disappears, then I lean over to pick it up off the floor. And as I do that, the dove, which is hidden somewhere falls out. And so, I mean, that's, that's how nervous I used to get. So I screwed up my whole, you know, whole beginning of my act because of it. It was bad. So I, 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 do you know what I will share? Because I know we talked about that uh, on, on your course. I know that we talked about uh, my absolute kerfuffle. But I do remember when I first did a magic show. I was in, I was in Lanzarote, and I'd been doing, I'd been doing table magic, and the main act didn't arrive. And I said, Cuddy, can you do fifteen minutes?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I can do fifteen minutes." Close up magic is completely different to stage magic. Yeah, as you know. What you do there doesn't always translate on a big stage. So I was like, okay, I've always, I always love Rocky, Rocky Raccoon. My favorite routine in the world was Rocky uh, Raccoon. I absolutely love that. And I've done a routine where Rocky was uh, a mind reader. He was a mind reader. So I'd I'd, I'd shuffled the cards, I'd forced a card. And I I thought, oh, this is going really well. This is really going well. So as it came to the reveal, I'd got a little brown bag to the side with the card reveal in, uh, not touched it at all. And then I said to the, to the person who came up onto the stage and they said to her, I said, oh, what was your card? And she went, oh, it was a seven of clubs. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. And I'm that guessing that's not, what, that's not what's in the bag. It wasn't what was in the bag. Ooh. So it was, that was, that was the horrible, horrible moment where that that one that maybe two seconds before or three seconds I pulled myself out of it with, and I'll tell you how I pulled myself out of it. But in those three seconds, that was the time when I'm like, "What are you going to do?" 
and it felt like a complete eternity yeah. of absolute horribleness. And that everything slows down. <laughs> it was horrible because you can feel your heart in your throat. And yeah. I said, only thing that, get, that popped in my mind was Tommy Cooper. Now, do you know Tommy Cooper being American? Yeah, I have. I I have it all, every video he's ever done. So yeah, I went full on Tommy Cooper. I threw that and I said, "Don't ever work with puppets." I pulled out every joke it could be. I said, "Have a look in the bag." I think it was the four of diamonds or something like that. I said, there you go. Never work with animals. And pulled it out of the bag. Completely hilarious. Um, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, that was so much fun." It was so funny, and I was like, oh, my God, that was horrible. I went, it was supposed to be four of diamonds. I went, really? Oh, we never knew. We just thought it was a joke routine. That's great, though. That's a great lesson because I might have to use that someday. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was like, whatever happened in Tommy Cooper's life, I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely, because uh, it was abs- it was so horrible. It was so horrible. But when we, I, know, I remember we talked, uh, and you were creating this course to help people get past stage fright stage anxiety those kind of things yeah and we, i know we talked about you said Cuddy, have you ever had any problems with stage fright went, <clears throat> i've got a story yeah it's a great story <laughs> how i failed the audition for cruise director and absolutely hard and that a nervous breakdown and that's what sent me on the uh, journey of complete discovery of depression anxiety overthinking failure Horribleness, and it was honestly, it was. I always remember Tony Robbins. I think you make the worst day into your best day. You're on to, you're on to an absolute uh, winner, uh, yeah. and, and that's what I did. That's why we went on this. But talk to me about how that course. If anybody uh, is tuning into this and thinking, well, I actually want to work on stage and things like that. So tell us about that, that course. Yeah. So I mean, it, whether you want to perform on stage or just be a sp- speaker. Yeah. Um, I even have people people go through the course who just have social anxiety. Like they're afraid to, you know, if they see somebody they're attracted to, they're afraid to say hi. Yeah. So it can help with that as well. Um, but yeah, it just, it gives you, it gives you a different mindset. I mean, one of the most, one of the easiest things to do before someone can g- goes on stage is, and this is so simple, but it's so powerful. If you, if you actually do it is, make a, it's just one switch in your brain where let's say someone's about to introduce you to go out on stage and you're backstage thinking, Oh my God, I I don't want to do this. Or I'm so scared to do this. And all those feelings that that you feel when you're, when you're scared stage, stage fright. Yeah. Are the exact same feelings that you would feel if you were really, really excited to go out there and it's a switch. So all you have to do is just reframe it and say, I can't believe I get to go out and do this because those feelings, the butterflies and all that, you, you get those when you're excited to do it as well. It's like going on a roller coaster, but you know, the outcome of the roller coaster. So that fear is excitement. Yes. Yeah. So that, that thing, if just by just saying to yourself, you know, Oh my, I can't wait to go out there and do this. I'm so excited that I'm shaking. That's my, my body's way of telling me I'm ready rather than that's my body's way of telling me, you know, I, I'd rather die than go out there. You know, and so, that's that simple thing right there can make a huge difference. So that's kind. Of, it's like we control the meaning of what's happened to us. We we yeah. can we can give a different. I love reframing. I've been a massive fan of reframing. Uh, but you, so that's that's how you can use 
the meaning and the stories that we create to change uh, to change that that emotional state that we're going to go through. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. But but then I also teach little things like uh, uh, what so what what are some of the things that could go wrong? And you try to eliminate as many of those as you can. So you set yourself up to win. And uh, here's a here's an example that I love. Somebody who has to speak on a microphone. Let's say that's a microphone, and uh, if you're nervous, it's going to shake, especially if you hold it low. Yeah. It's going to do just like my candle. So, but if you move your hand up here and you do the, the same motion, it's less shake. But one of the things that, that helps with the, with the traditional microphone is if you anchor it. So your elbow anchors to your, your ribs. So there's anchor one and anchor two is the microphone is just going to touch your chin. Yeah. And now it can't shake. So now you, you've eliminated that problem. So now you don't have to worry, like, what if I shake? Well, you don't. You can't shake like this. Yeah. And this is a great, you're speaking right over the top of the mic. You're going to sound good. Yeah. You know? So if you're trying to hold it here and hold still and you're shaking, you're going to look nervous. So if the audience thinks you're nervous, then, then they're going to get nervous and that's going to make everyone get more nervous. But if you look <laughs> calm, then they're going to be calm, you know? Because the audience wants you to win anyway. They don't want you to be up there nervous. They want you to succeed. And what you're doing and that's yeah. that's the thing that most people don't realize and if i remember rightly i used to talk one of my tips was no one knows what you're supposed to say there's only you that knows that you've messed up your speech nobody else in the entire room knows that you've messed up your speech and just like the trick you were talking about that you did with the rocky raccoon yes they didn't and know nope so they had no they, idea no yeah. they had no idea whatsoever and that's how i got out of it I, yeah. I, I just made it into a joke routine yeah absolutely yeah. fantastic that's brilliant yeah i think a lot of people go into to speaking thinking that the audience is judging them but mo most of the time almost everybody out there is just thinking thank god that's not me now, and you I'm mentioned here. something that I know, but you mentioned that it's most people think they're judging them. Is that because they judge everybody else? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't judge somebody. I, I'm the guy thinking if somebody's up there speaking, I'm thinking, I actually sometimes I'll think, how would I, how would I be doing what they're doing? What yes. would be my spin on it? And, but I don't think people are, are judging it. And, and, and if they are, then screw because you don't judge. But that's the thing with judgment. The reason we get stuck and entangled in that judgment paradox is if you go out thinking you're being judged, it's because you've been sat in the audience judging somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So I always say judgment and emotions are like boomerangs. Whatever you throw out, you're going to get back. Yeah. So that's True. that's the, the, the judgment, the, 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 I don't think paradigm's the right word, but that's the, the circle of, of judgment that you get yourself into because you've been that person that's done it you yeah. think, well, everybody else must be doing it. And I was like, no, that's not the case. Trust me, right. most people will be there uh, supporting you on. Absolutely fantastic. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've gone to like seminars and such, and you see it, and I see a speaker who's, who's basically spewing information that everybody already knows. They're just, ref they're putting common sense in a different light. Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, they don't, they're not saying anything new. But then you hear people next to you go, oh, this is brilliant. And they're taking notes, you know. So most of the people are, are watching someone on. If you're on stage, you're the authority figure. So people yes. are going to think this person must know more than me. So they pay attention. Absolutely. Love that.
brilliant. It's true. It is so true. So your residency is a residency now in Las Vegas. Yeah, and the, my friend who is producing the show set it up in such a way that it's not called the Chad Chesmark show. It's it's called the House of Magic. And the reason we did it like that is because that way I can be there. But if I book a corporate, like a speaking event or something, or yeah. I, I want to go on a cruise for a week, they can put somebody else in there and it's not a problem. <laughs> so that swings both ways. It means you're completely replaceable at any point. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've well played that one really well. But yeah. it takes the pressure off you thinking I've got to be here the whole time and I, I don't want to say no to the work. Yeah, because I mean, because if it, if, it if it was my name on the show, then I'd have to always, always be here or pretty much, you know, always be in town. Yeah, absolutely. And you just got engaged, Chad. Yes, just a couple of days ago. And you've had, uh, if, if, if I remember correctly you've had relationship um challenges in the past that, that were that, that were harsh oh yeah i was i was married for a long time to a somebody who's a narcissist right and which means that the whole world in in their eyes revolved around them right and they're very controlling and and uh if you're an an empathetic person which i am Right, very Look easy at the smile to, as he says it. I love it. Yeah, it's easy to get caught in their in their trap and to easily be controlled. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's like a living living every day, walking on eggshells, always afraid that this person's going to snap and you're going to be in trouble. You know, for for example, for breathing too loud. I mean, just like the dumbest things. It's it's. Um, the reason I've gone quiet there is because I've been married for 20 years and I, I think I'm reevaluating my relationship with my wife. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Especially when you said uh, breathing too loud, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, I mean, it's what's funny is I didn't, I wasn't aware of what, what a narcissist was. I thought that was somebody who had a big ego. And, what, once somebody explained to me what that means, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what my relationship is. I'm married to a narcissist. And then you start looking up, uh, you know, researching what does that actually mean? And every single thing you see, you're like, that's, that's what this is, you know. And the, and the, the thing is about that is uh, a narcissist will never change, ever. Like, you, you can't change who they are. They're always going to be that way. So you just have to accept it or just get away. So I had to get away. Now, you maybe done a little bit more uh, research on this. Is that a lack of want to change or they can't change? I'm sorry, a, lot, a lack of what? Is it a lack of wanting to change or a lack of being able to change? Being able to change. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the thing. Like with me, I always kept thinking, well, it, it'll get better. And it did. It doesn't get better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it just gets, it gets worse, you know, if anything. So. Yeah, absolutely. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. And then I met, I met somebody who is the complete opposite, you know, who's actually a nice person and an amazing, <laughs> you know, a nice person. I love it. 
Yeah, because uh, I wasn't I was with somebody who was not. They were not kind. They didn't like other people. They didn't like they try to keep you away from your family and stuff like that on purpose because they're afraid their family, your family will talk sense into you. You know, basically I'm say, really hey. reevaluating my relationship with my wife. No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but then I met someone who had gone through this, a similar situation, very similar situation. And, uh, we're both, uh, empaths. So now we like, I, I see like, oh my gosh, I can be with somebody who actually treats me well and wants me to do well and is proud of me, you know? So oh, that's it's amazing. Lovely. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. What is your, what does your wife do? She's a singer, right? Fiance. No, no, no. Sorry. I, yes. Correct. Fiance. But she's a singer. She's a singer in, in Vegas. Right now she's in a show at the Venetian called This is Christmas. Oh, and nice. It's a whole bunch of people from American Idol. Oh, wow. So she, she on that. Yeah. And it's your cool. fiance was on American Idol? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what's the name of your fiance? I'm going to check her out. What's the name of your fiance? That sounds wrong. That sounds completely wrong. <laughs> You're going to check her out. You got to go to... Uh... <laughs> I was going to give you some, uh, some adult website, but I'm no. kidding. <laughs> so she's an American Idol uh, contestant. Yeah, when she was 16 years old. Oh, okay. But, but, but everybody in the show is from the, the, like the first four years or so of the show. Wow. Um, but yeah, her name is Laura Wright. But there's, a, there's, a, there's another... It looks like you're Googling a name to make sure you're very right. <laughs> that, but that's because there's a, Laura, there's a Laura Wright in the UK who's also a singer. And people... Uh, yeah, I just I just typed it in and it, the other Laura Wright showed up. Does that not mean you've been looking for the other Laura Wright more than the, your wife? It it just shows. I don't know what it is. It just shows up. Let me, oh, if you go if you go to Laura Wright music, that's right. Okay, cool. That's the right one. Okay, that's the right the right one, Laura Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So uh, you're going to be in uh, Las Vegas for a while. Um, I know you've got the opportunity to go elsewhere and do some other things. I know we were talking about that before as well. Uh, yeah. But where do we get uh, the uh, Crush Stage Fright uh, course from? Uh, CrushStageFright.com. And let me... Couldn't be any easier. <laughs> yeah. And I, the way I have it set up right now, if this will load... Um, are you going to do a screen share chat I'm just trying to pull up the website but I, won't, I can't pull it up right now I don't know why that's okay not loading and loading and loading now, now I'm nervous I'm like is my site down what's going on <laughs> absolutely fantastic I'll put that it's alright I'll put it onto the uh, I will, I'll put a link on the uh, notes when I uh, post it Oh, there we go. It just showed up. So anyway, the, the way it's set up right now is, is you can get the book for free. So the, the, the Crush Stage Fright book is free. Nice. And then if, 
and then if you want to add the video course, it, it'll let you do that. So. Perfect. Good stuff. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, Chad, honestly, thank you so much uh, for being on Chatter About the Chatter. Much appreciated, especially for anyone that's listening, because this is on YouTube as a video, and it's also on uh, Spotify, uh, as well as a podcast, Chatter About the Chatter. Uh, so I want to say massive thank you, Chad. Uh, and I hope they get, we get the chance to work, work together. I, I hope to come to Vegas again. I do that would be great. I think I've still got a friend who lives in Vegas. Uh, Benji lives in Vegas. I don't think he's moved. I know he had a lovely place in Vegas. Uh, on just on the, just off the, 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 the strip. Are you talking about Benji the juggler? No, no, he's not a juggler. No. Uh -oh. <laughs> Benji the juggler. I'm sure there's more what, uh, Benjis in, in Las Vegas. Uh, but Jamie Benjamin, a good friend of mine. Okay. Uh, he, he was living in Vegas for quite some time. So I, I got to visit him once. It was a beautiful place. And I was surprised at how small Las Vegas was when I was there. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a strip. It's about one mile long. That's it. Yeah, it's small. But it, but then, like, a, if you go outside of Vegas, it's beautiful. There's mountains. You it can really go hiking. Is. You can go skiing yeah. uh, close to Los Angeles. It's a cool city. It is. If anybody wants to check out my show if they happen to be coming to vegas if they Absolutely. go to chat chad they can contact me or or on facebook or whatever and i can i can probably most of the time i can probably get tickets for them yeah, <laughs> yeah. as long as it's not like a super busy weekend or something i i have to put it in with the producer but usually i can get somebody in so, yeah. not a problem absolutely fan uh, fantastic thank you so much big love from me as always chad yeah, man, it's good, good to see you. Great catching up. Absolutely. Uh, very much appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning into this uh, episode of Chatter About the Chatter. And there will be more podcasts coming up very, very shortly. As always, if you want to get in contact, find in my DMs, join the Facebook group, monkeymindrelaxation.com. Uh, we've loads of free stuff in there for, and don't forget to head to the website for any free meditations you want to get past anxiety. Uh, depression and there's also a healthier state of mind uh cracking and i say cracking there's no sound on it but it's a beautiful meditation healthier states of mind which is a uh, total all to keep you nice and calm and relaxed as always from Cuddy, and i will see you on the next podcast